0: Beautiful. So it might take a few seconds to load, but um, I wanted to start, start by saying, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> can, I get up, one? can I get one from you as well? <laughs> yo, yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> the trademark. If there, is a, if there is someone who can trademark something in the Bear community, it's definitely that. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. All the yo's.
0: Mark, <laughs> if there is a, if there is someone who's trying to playing back somewhere. in the community, it's definitely that. So this is me being Boomer Tech. All right. I think we're good. Right on. So we are here with Robert, my man, the legend himself, uh, the creator of Hanging with Bears. He's had me on Hanging with Bears once. Uh, I was on Hanging with Bears two other times with the other guests, the other hosts. Um, do you want to, I guess, just kind of start off and just explain what like everything about hanging with bears like what is it what was your intention by making it and like what is it developed into
1: yeah sure i guess the i know it's a
0: lot so don't no problem. <laughs> it's
1: like, i've processed through it several times and kind of had different levels of conclusion but like the the easy simple answer with it is i was like I was bored. I was kind of, I was in between with work. I had like took a stand with the mass stuff. And so they had sent me home and I was waiting to see if they were gonna fire me. And, you know, I've always just been a person to want to connect with people and, you know, really have relationship. And so I had all this time and stuff and I just started deciding to stream with people. And it kind of just started with like, Hey, I'm going to sit here and talk to the screen. Like that's not really a good time to me. So somebody hop on a talk. And then it just evolved from there. Um, You know, I didn't really have any vision for it or any kind of strategy or plan. It was just like talking with people I, you know, had some kind of relationship with, and then it developed from that. And I was, you know, doing at one point like five a week, and like Papa (laughs) Jay had reached out to me and was like, "I, you know, I'll help out hosting if you want," and I you know felt like it was a good thing to to add some some hosts to help out with it and i'd reached out to Callista and asked her if she wanted to to do it as well and there really wasn't a whole lot of like thought to, besides that on it and then just random conversations with different bears getting to know them originally it kind of started with the premise of how did you get involved with the community how did you find Owen you know what what are some of the truths that you came to or whatever and then there's like key questions that kind of came up just being goofy because I'm a big steak guy so I'd ask people how they like their steak or you know <laughs> how many Rogans they are yeah. like for right? and um kind of those questions have kind of faded a little bit to where that we really don't do them anymore but it's, it's evolved into so much more than that. And just reflecting on it the other day, I just realized that it was just such a God thing, man. And just how it's grown and, you know, the other host, everybody that's helped maintain it and stuff. And it just, cause everybody wanted that like that greater level of connection than just staring at a screen with somebody's picture or some random funny thing that they came up with or whatever. And it really was built on and and this is um you know like reflecting on it i realized that the main thing i did part of it was intentional part of it wasn't but was to create a place that was similar to the saloon or to owen streams where we could congregate and and gave us something else to do and then we also were able to get to know each other on a greater level and you know so it was a catalyst for people to really be motivated to like have a bigger and deeper relationship with each other and you know just to develop the community even further but you know i i, I would like to think i'm so smarter, so you know with the foresight that i like planned any of this out but it really just it <laughs> just worked out the way it was supposed to <laughs> that's awesome
0: well how do you like your steak
1: i like my steak Medium rare to rare ribeye, like at least an inch thick. Oh yeah.
0: See, I'm the weirdo. I've my whole so recently I've gotten into like medium rare and rare. Like when I cook, I've been cooking steaks for myself the last few months. My whole mm-hmm. life I've always been like well done. <laughs> oh wow. Like make it taste like a tire, you know, like that, like the yeah borderline blasphemy <laughs> or whatever,
1: where everyone just, yeah. Oh. <laughs> how dare See, you See, that's what I, that's what i call beef jerky man yeah. Like, yeah 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 like pretty close right
0: yeah literally yeah my the one thing i do know though is i worked at restaurants before and so i know it's like offensive to like good cooks so if i, I am at like a nice restaurant and i'm getting a steak i'll say medium because i don't want to be that guy you know right <laughs> i feel like yeah. medium is <laughs> the darkest you can go without offending uh someone who actually cooks so i'm yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's hilarious. Do you also just to keep the ball rolling for you, keep put, keep putting you on the spot. Do you want to share just your testimony with the people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can I can give you like the condensed version and I mean, cuz I've like I've shared my testimony so different so yeah. many different times and all that to where like the highlights of it um is really kind of what the the meat and potatoes or whatever but yeah so i'm i'll be 38 in june i was born in 84 which is part of the whole you know my screen name 84 a lot of people like usually especially being a part of the truth their community they're like oh uh, 84 is like the orwellian state and all that but uh, you know i mean i guess kind of subconsciously that's always been a part of my story as well but it's just my birth year um but you know i was born in Georgia. My dad was in the Air Force and we, um, so we we lived in there or we lived there. I was born in Warner Robins, lived there for a little while, moved to um, South Mississippi and that was kind of like my formative years. And, you know, I still like look back at Mississippi and love that place. And, you know, a lot of the people are really solid as well. But I think You know growing up and all that i was like from literally in the womb my parents were just super active in church like i've got a really solid um foundation as far as all that goes my my mom and dad have always since before they were my dad got saved when he was in college and my mom i think was pretty close to that as well but they've always you know my whole life been just rock solid with all that and really set a good example in a lot of ways and, you know, didn't, like, give me opportunity or access to a lot of nonsense in my, especially in my childhood and stuff. And, um, you know, I was, like, literally uh, baby Jesus in the Christmas play at six <laughs> months old. You know, it was kind of like... That's awesome. You know, oh, dude, it was so wild, like, just so <laughs> random and stuff. Um, but, you know, and so I've always been part of the church and I've always known that and you know like the thing that stands out to me man is whenever my mom was pregnant like my parents dedicated me to the Lord and they were just like whatever he does like I want him to honor you God and we just you know just that whole like Hannah thing um just saying whatever whatever you have for him we agree to it and we're not going to like push him in any direction but like forward towards you and so like you know growing up in early like five six seven years old whatever I'm like memorizing scripture like bible drills and all this stuff and like I remember memorizing psalms 23 and like you know john 14 stuff like that and so it's always been a part of me and I've always kind of had a a really unique relationship with the spirit realm and the supernatural like I'm looking back and had like just random crazy stuff at night when I was four or five years old, like shadow men type stuff, all that, you know, looking back, it was like the demonic just trying to scare me to where I was afraid of the supernatural or whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I always like was open to it though. I never let it like hinder me. I've always like, I do have, or I've had like, in my life and there's been things I've had to overcome but when it comes to like God and all that it was never really any fear it was just like it was a part of the fabric of everything it was the really the way I viewed it not even really thinking about it but um yeah so like growing up all that I always had this really unique relationship with nature always played a lot by myself was playing outside all the time whatever you know we had like three acres and a pond and you know goats and all this stuff and uh, whatever yeah i mean well like it wasn't it wasn't anything like owens or any of that so like i don't want to like kind of paint a an inaccurate picture because like we had them for maybe three or four years and we had a bunch of random stuff like bunnies and stuff like that whatever but we never really it never became like a homestead thing or whatever like we didn't get yeah. do goat milk or any of that stuff. But I always, you know, was connected with nature, connect with animals, whatever. And so I guess early teens is when I started just being curious to a lot of stuff as far as like different music, movies, what whatnot, just kind of like culture apart or separate from the church and um, you know, because my, my parents always protected me from a lot of that stuff. Like we didn't have a TV in my house or our house at all until I was 10 years old. And then we watched like a bunch of really clean, um, you know, just movies and stuff like that. Didn't never have cable until I think it was like 16 or 17. We got like basic cable. But so it like protected me from a ton of the programming, a ton of the nonsense and stuff. And then I guess, you know, 13, 14, I started um, just hanging out and connecting with people that were not as good of an influence. Um, You know, I had kind of a core group of buddies that I was really close with throughout high school and stuff and a lot of them actually like looking back, I think all of them except two of my buddies, we had maybe like 10 or 11 that we hung out a good bit. Every one of them came from a home where their dad wasn't in the picture Wow. And, yeah, and I didn't really even think about it a whole lot at the time. Or, you know, this was like in the last couple of years, it really hit me that that was the reality. But, you know, I, they definitely gave me a hard time as far as me kind of having a clean cut image and being innocent and stuff like that. And, um, you know, but I guess I was like 15 and started like wanting to rebel and wanting to fit in and and kind of figure things out for myself and feeling like I'd been sheltered or like I was missing something. And, you know, so I started smoking cigarettes and like messing with, you know, just stuff like that, whatever. Um, I guess when I was 15, I think I smoked pot for the first time when I was 15. And, um, you know, literally it was like your typical pot um story of like I hit I hit a joint like five times. We went back to my buddies, watched half baked, ate a whole bag of Doritos and a thing of Oreos and then fell asleep. <laughs> you know, like yeah. just exactly what you kinda imagine of it. But yeah, it just back when Pot was fairly harmless too. It's right, like, yeah, and it was like you know, some, some genetically to Destroy your mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like fifty seeds in the joint, year old type thing. But um, yeah. so, you know, that was kind of that really opened the door, though, and really pushed the rebellion thing hard. Yeah, and where I was just, you know, I just wanted to fit in, wanted to have fun. I've always like that's a. a a core thing for me is like I like just fun whatever that looks like you know make life a game where you can just figure out how things fit and you know what what is considered fun to me varies but it's like at its essence is something that challenges you that like inspires you and that you like are passionate about and so it looks a lot of different ways a lot of different situations but uh, you know, I'd, once I smoked weed for the first time, man, like I was off to the races. So I was like smoking constantly. You know, it's yeah. just like oh, I'm gonna smoke till the day I die, whatever type deal. And so, you know, started tripping on mushrooms, and like that was just like a whole nother level, especially yeah. with kind of what I was already experiencing from the spirit realm. And yeah, so yeah, definitely. You know, I I didn't really have any clue what I was doing or what what you know I just knew if my parents were like pushing hardcore for me to be against something or whatnot I was gonna I was it was just rebellion man you know and I, I just think of the scripture um, that uh, what is it rebellion is the spirit of witchcraft and um, you know how you're you're partnering with the demonic even if you don't realize it or that's not your intention you know just especially against your family or against your parents you know like it's one thing for your parents to control you or whatnot but like there's still a way to move in it or try to figure out what's true to you and if nothing else you should honor them you know it's it's funny we're talking about that in the bible study yesterday of just like honoring your says honor your father and your mother that your days may be long you know it's there's a blessing that comes with it but you know I'd, i'd like really started hanging out um you know everybody in my clique just started partying you know drinking whatever my buddy's parents on the beer distributing companies so we were like stealing beers from them on the weekend and <laughs> you know just your typical stuff like you know nothing kind of crazy outrageous whatever but or, well, I'll, t- I'll take that back one of my buddy's brother was older and was selling pots so we all kind of started messing with that a little bit and just and uh you know the Fast cash and and just like feeling like you're doing something for the thrill of it at the same time but like so my parents caught wind very quickly and you know all right I'll I'll say this there was one distinction though so like the first time I ever tripped on mushrooms um, I was already having all this conflict with my parents and so I went and went back to the house like definitely fully tripping like I was tripping pretty hard and I sat there and had a conversation with my mom for like an hour and a half and I don't know if she's just like that naive or didn't want to face it or whatever because my pupils had to be the size of quarters but you know I'm, I, like, I thought I was like you know Mr. Genius or whatever that like she had no clue and it was like I thought I could get away with anything then you know and I think that was another thing that opened the door it's like I'm above the law or whatever like I can I can just get away with it and you know, looking back, like, I hate that that thought even entered in my head. And it really did kind of push me a lot, that driving thing of, like, oh, well, I could probably get away with it even if nobody else can kind of deal. Yeah. And, you know, so it just caused a lot of problems. You know, my parents were heartbroken just knowing I was smoking cigarettes. I was smoking pot all the time. And I was just, like, in your face about it, like, I don't care or whatever. And just real messy, like, you know, I lived in a small community where pretty much everybody knew everybody. So, like, everybody knew I was smoking weed and stuff and partying, whatever. And um, so it's crazy. And, and I actually forget this a lot of times. So I, I did want to hit on this, though. But like my parents, when I was 17, actually filed me what they what they call it in Mississippi. If you got a rebellious teenager, that's under 18 is they can um, get you put on probation and it's called or it's filed under courageable which means that you're basically a juvenile delinquent but they you know they get you right. drug tested and all that stuff right but you're so, living in their home you know, still it's just yeah like yeah. a legal classification yeah well they no i mean they put you on drug tests and everything and right. so yeah, so, like, I went to meet with them, and I didn't realize the dynamic of it, so I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go in there hard, like, I'm going to be a tough guy, whatever, right? So, you know, they, they drug test me, and, you know, I well, actually, I think I smoked before I went or whatever, but so, of course, I, like, melted the cup. But, you know, just like straight dirty piss. So, you know, they're like, well, you're officially now on probation for six months. And they give me a curfew and like all this. They're like, you got to get drug tested all, you know, like once a month, whatever it is. And so, like, I think I'm doing something or I'm like a bad boy, you know. So, like, I didn't change my behavior. I was still smoking pot all the time, you know, because my parents were just trying to do anything they could to get me to snap out of it. And you know, so I I was on it for like three or four months, and was able to like I didn't quit smoking blood or any of that. I was still just being reckless and dumb. And they they got me one day to they, I was supposed to go do something with my mom, and they took me randomly to take a drug test. And the uh, the probation officer took it. Whatever, of course, I failed. Well, they put me in um, juvenile for the weekend. Wow. And so I spent I spent two yeah I spent spent two days in juvenile and I mean it wasn't a good time obviously but Yeah. like it didn't snap me out of it it was great it was the best two days of my life yeah Yeah, man I was scared straight after that changed my life no I mean but it just made me double down even more of like I'm just gonna do what I want and so it it wasn't it wasn't even like a motivator or anything I honestly it, it made me more angry at my parents and it's funny because you know my parents like looking back like different people and stuff they have these we all have like these hard things or situations that kind of mold us but you know i've never i've never had any extreme trauma like you know never had any physical abuse like never was like sexually abused or anything like that You know i've I've had different moments i shared in that one stream i did about like the guys giving me a hard time about the pornography but you know other than that i don't have any reason to to like be using drugs to escape reality or you know besides boredom or curiosity like i didn't have this like crazy past to get healing from or whatever i was just a knucklehead and um so like I anyway I I went through that for a couple couple more months and finally you know and, and the whole time still smoking and stuff but I was able to pass the rest of the drug test and you know got off of it or whatever but so we we moved up to um to North Alabama my dad had a, a position a job change where where he was working the the office closed so he had to transfer and one thing I did want to mention in all this whatever like everybody i knew and i mean generally speaking pretty much everybody i knew growing up older than me younger than me regardless of what you know background or any of that pretty much all of them used opiates and most of them used benzos too like I, i didn't get into pharmaceuticals at all until i was like 19 but i knew people like everybody else did wow and you know like i had a i had a hernia surgery when i was 17 and they prescribed me like Tylenol fours or something and i you know i took a couple of them but like they made me sick and i didn't enjoy them like i didn't i didn't like them or abuse them and um you know so anyway we moved up to alabama and it was like complete shift in everything i like didn't know anybody you know I was just completely foreign to me and you know so I was like a a whole nother a whole new start and it could have been an opportunity for me to kind of reset things but I didn't look at it that way and um you know I was just kind of trying to find my place or, or whatnot and so lived there for about a year and I think I was either to be 19 or no I was like 18 or so and I met this girl and um like I won some context like I you know always had a heart for relationship and marriage and like I was never one to want to like just randomly sleep with a girl or anything like that and you know I had buddies and stuff that would just hook up with random chicks or whatever and you know all this but you know I always just that's not the way I'm wired and you know so like I was a virgin until I was 18 years old. And I, I met this girl and, you know, fell in love with her very quickly. And, you know, we were together for two and a half years, but, um, you know, we we were partying and stuff like smoking and whatnot. Like I never really, it was basically just weed and mushrooms at that point. And then, um, you know, we were together for about a year and a half, whatnot, and just a bunch of back and forth, just It wasn't a great situation in general and you know there's just a bunch we're just young and made a bunch of dumb decisions in general but like she was just not it just wasn't it and i had like crazy dreams like i was just trying to show me all this stuff and you know it's just like at that point i was just like i don't care this is what i want and you know so we ended up breaking up we were like on again off again whatever so at one point we're like not together, but we're hooking up, you know, basically like friends with benefits. And apparently she had been seeing this guy that was a tattoo artist. But the whole time she's telling me that they were just friends. And, you know, hes I'm sure she was telling him the same thing. But so she, like, one night was supposed to meet up with me and she didn't answer her phone. And then, you know, I, I knew something was up, whatever. And then she... um I'm trying to remember exactly how everything went down but so oh one thing I kept seeing the number 23 or one two three one two three everywhere I'd see it on the clock I'd see it like random signs like you know it's just like because God like God's always spoken to me through like trains and numbers and all this stuff so I was like what's going on you know like what does this mean so she she called me at like one in the morning just hysterical and um she said they had had a fight or whatever and i just really i was like why are you calling me like i don't you know I, this doesn't make any sense and so i just kind of like let her go I, I don't think i hung up on her or anything but i was just like pissed off like you know what, what does this even mean and so she called me the next morning like eight or nine in the morning just distraught she was like he's dead and i'm like what do you mean he's dead she's like he's dead And um, she was like, just come to my house. Like, you know, whatever, just really upset. So I go over to her house and I'm just sitting there and I'm talking to her and she said, apparently they they get a hotel, this specific hotel and the room number was always one, two, three. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, why are you? Yeah, I'm like, why are you telling me all this stuff? And then she's like, well, he died wearing your jacket. And so I had like one of those reversible Adidas jackets and apparently she had let him use my jacket or whatever. And then, you know, it was just all these layers of betrayal. And, you know, she was just distraught and she was like, I'm sorry, whatever, all this stuff. And I was just like, nah, like, I don't have anything to say to you. Like, I've just always been one of those people, like, you're not gonna cheat on me. Like, I'm not, You know, that's just not how I move. If I'm with somebody, I'm with somebody. And, you know, I make my intentions clear and I'm a loyal person. And so it was just like the layers of everything, the levels of deception. And and so I was just like done. I was pissed. And so for like two or three months, she was just calling me constantly, like, you know, repeatedly text me, all this stuff. And, And I was over it. And, but I think we met up and I told her, you know, like, we ended up hooking up or whatever. And and I'm just like, I don't, like, this ain't it. Like, I don't want to be with you anymore. And I had this, like, crazy in-depth dream God gave me. Just, like, let it go. It's over, whatever. And so that's it. Like, I was done. It's a wrap. And, you know, she continued to, like, try to pursue reconciling the situation. But I was over it and I kind of I'm hopping all over the place with, with what I'm sharing with you but so wow. I, we were together this was like two and a half we were together about two and a half years and you know this is about when I was like almost 23. So rewinding a little bit from at one at some point in us being together um no I'm sorry that's incorrect so we were we got together when I was 18. And I was like almost 22 when we, we broke up. But at some point in that time, I started, you know, just partying, doing different stuff, whatever, and connected with somebody that sold pain pills. And I didn't know it, but they were getting like a lot, large amounts of them. And you know they, I mean, like hundreds of them at a time, and so you know it was really cheap, and I knew people that wanted them, so you know it was it was quick money, and so I started flipping those, whatever. And I had been like selling pot a little bit here and there, but um, anyway, like I was working doing delivery at a, or I was working as a route driver at the time, and I had this like fourteen-hour route every day and always the way i would set it Yikes. up and everything is yeah dude it was literally from two in the morning to like some days four in the afternoon some days it's like one or two in the afternoon it was it was a lot that's a lot but yeah. it was like it was good money though man and i've always had this it's so crazy how no matter if you're pursuing god or not or whatever like the gifts on your life or the grace on your life is going to utilize whether for the good or the bad and I've always had a grace for like jobs and for like money and and stuff like that, and just just opportunity in general. I've always had that and recognized that all my life. Yeah. But um, so like one day, you know, I I used to have it set up to where everything I got was gone, excuse me, as soon as I got it. But you know, I got stuck to where I had like ten extra pills one day or something like that, and so like I took them. I took one of them at work. And, like, I knocked out the route, like, an hour and a half quicker. And so I was like, well, dude, these jokers give me energy, you know, whatever. And then, so, you know, the next day I took one, and it just kind of escalated from there to where I was taking them every day and and taking larger amounts. And, you know, it was just so easy and, and stuff back then, and, you know, to where I didn't even think twice about it or, you know, it was just like, it just, I didn't even over you know overthinking or whatever it's just like I, w- I went with it from there and especially once her and i broke up and i was done with it i was just like man i'm just i'm just partying i don't you know i don't care about anything else like i'm just gonna do whatever and honestly I, that was the only point in my life where i kind of got to a hedonistic perspective where i was like i'm not gonna be in a committed relationship and you know like I've never had a one-night stand ever, but I definitely had a couple of girls that it was just a a physical thing where, like, that wasn't where my heart was at at all. Yeah. And, you know, so basically for a few years, like, drugs were my girlfriend, and then, like, I would just, you know, see girls here and there whatever, but it's just like our relationship was the furthest thing from, from what I was worried about. You know, I was like, you know, just... I didn't trust anybody with my heart and so you know I started going to a ton of festivals, started going to a bunch of concerts and stuff like I've always loved music and um, you know just really enjoy just you know songwriting in general melodies just anything that you can really connect with or that tells a story but um, you know, with all that, started getting into ecstasy, acid. You know, all everything else that comes with that. Yeah. You know, just like nitrous, all all the nonsense, and um just you it know, escalates further in that Environment, especially,
0: it escalates. It's around you. Quickly. You know, yeah, yeah. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do
1: this? This is better. This is more intense.
0: Yep. This is more, 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 better, better, better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um I just you know i was just trying to escape man and it was it just like really never dealt with the process of how deep of a trail it was and i never like i it's yeah. you know it's interesting how people respond or whatever but i there was never a time where i was just like angry at women you know like some guys or whatever just like i'm just gonna do what's been done to me and just like screw them all over or whatever and i never that was never in my heart but it was just like i wasn't going to trust anybody else to that level but you know i just things got worse and i partied a lot and then i guess it was in 2007 god started working on my heart man and um you know I i was partying a ton just like really reckless and stuff just in general i mean just stayed spaced out and but like i went and it's crazy some of these days and stuff because a lot of times with specific times or whatnot i I try to be accurate but it's just my memory like i've smoked so much pot and stuff and my memory isn't yeah. great Same. like it really is but <laughs> Same, um, man.
0: Sad yeah sadly yeah but
1: but like you i was that whole long. like
0: oh it's so harmless it should be legal whatever it's not a big deal when you like stop and you're like getting your life together and you're like my memory sucks. (laughs) Right. And it's clearly because of that. You know, my attention span isn't, isn't so great. My, you know, a speech is slurred and I just, you cut, you sound like a stoner for the rest of your life. And yeah, you have that lack of ambition. And there's just so many like thing, like you, you see how bad it is and how dangerous it is afterwards. When you're in the moment, like it does seem so harmless. And so, innocent
1: yeah for sure and like i know i sound like a daggum stoner Hig. like i'm not you know what i mean it's so funny <laughs> like, like i don't even fit, feel any type of way especially since i've like yeah. started record or did the strange and stuff it really you know it's eye-opening yeah. when you get to listen to yourself
0: yeah I listening time, back but,
1: and you're like oh man <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I need a translator <laughs> you know like my, my running joke is that like I'm fluent in a and mumbling everything else is bonus. like you know yeah. my the English language is like my third language but um yeah so but not um Trying to keep my train of thought with where I was at with stuff, but yes. Yeah, so in 2007, like crazy enough, 2007, like these, uh, like just talking about God speaking to me through numbers and everything. So I went to see my parents. It was literally July the 7th, 2007. So it's 777, and there was this thing called the Call. I think it was in Nashville, actually. So I think it's where you're at or whatever. But um, Lou Engle. Um, spoke there and stuff and it was like this 24 hour prayer thing or something like that but I watched because you know my parents would like put it on God TV or put it on Christian stuff or something when I was around them but basically from the time I was 15 16 until then you know I I never was an atheist I knew God was real I just knew I wasn't doing what he would want me to and so it was kind of like well if God's Got this expectation of me, and I know I'm not going to meet it. I'm just not even going to, it's just, it is what it is, you know, just full ball rebellion, reprobate mind, whatever you want to call it. You know, very, I would definitely say I was as close to being a reprobate as, as anybody else could consider at that point. But, and it's just one of those things where it shows you, you never know how close to or how far off somebody is from God. That the, all it takes is a moment or an encounter for everything to change. Yep. But, like, I sat there and I watched that, and then I think that, and one thing I just want to specify, so I've gotten to it, like, everything else in my life was always recreational. Nothing else was able to grab a hold of me and really get me as far as addiction. So, but, like, um, I went and progressed from hydrocodons or lorsets, whatever you want to call them, to where I was doing oxys and eventually oxycot. And, you know, at this point, I was literally doing like three or four 80s a day. And I was, you know, just soft out of my mind whenever I went to my parents that day. And but like God, you know, it's like God can bust through all the nonsense to get you. And so the next day or day after something like that, there's a guy named John Paul Jackson, who's like a a really powerful man of God and a lot of people you know believe he was a prophet whatnot and just based on his track record and his fruit like he had all kinds of, of dreams and insights and all kind of stuff and anybody that's not familiar with him or whatnot if you look on youtube or different places he he had a lot of really powerful revelation and he definitely yeah. he definitely heard from god but he um he, he spoke i don't even know where it was or any of the context i just remember he spoke out of hebrews 12 and out of romans 12. And it was talking about that God disciplines those he loves and if he doesn't discipline you, then you're a bastard and you have no, you know, like just that you're an orphan if you, if you don't submit to his discipline and that the discipline is good and it has a purpose. He's not just doing it to punish you. He's actually trying to get stuff to you through that. Yep. But it really, it rocked my, it rocked my dome, man. And it really <laughs> convicted me. And I'm like, what, what do I do with this information, right? You know, I'm just, I, that moment of the realization, but it's like, well, what's next? So literally from then until the end of 2008 was probably the worst time of my life. I mean, I I got really really bad on oxy's. I had all this stuff, you know, like I was making good money, but I mean, I was I had no joke spent like 50 grand in like eight months on just drugs. I mean, just setting fire to money. And you know, it's just like when you're running from God and stuff, you know, it it's gonna get worse if you don't just say, okay, what are you trying to show me? Yeah. Um, but so like I I finally at one point and like i was going to church some at this point i started reading my bible i was starting to you know like okay like what are you trying to show me what do you, you know what do you want me to do and at the same time i had so built this empire of nonsense man you know like the the uh nine inch nails song where he says my empire of," you know he says shit but it's you know my empire of dirt it's like that's really the way i look at it of none of it had any value to me none of it had any meaning none of it was making me feel fulfilled or have purpose or value and so like I I just continued to spiral and then I think it was maybe in August of 2008 I was like all right I need to go to rehab I need to get something sorted out like I need to get I need to get my life together and so I found this place in Arkansas that was was called a A Bible training center, but it was it was a combination of rehab and it focused on like, you know, studying the Bible. Like it was five and a half hours of Bible study a day. It had like structure to it, all this stuff, and it was completely free too, man. And you know, it was an eight eight to eight to twelve month program, I believe, eight or eight to ten.
0: But um,
1: I'm like I've been sober for three years
0: now, and I'm still I still I'm interested.
1: Dude, (laughs) hang out hang out with
0: dudes and just learn the Bible for five hours a day.
1: (laughs) It was yeah, I mean it was I mean I I learned, but it was yeah, it was awesome though. So (laughs) I I like literally went and partied for like a week solid in South um in South Mississippi because I had it lined up to go to this rehab. And so I just like, you know, just went balls to the wall crazy and stuff. Just get it all out. Yeah, dude, I was just like, go out with a bang. And then I, um, so I had it lock, locked in to go, to be there 11, 11, 2008. And so 11, 11, right, it's these numbers. And you know, like seven's completion, 11's transition, and then eight is new beginnings and so you know these numbers always have value and distinction to me but so like the night before i'm going i'm like i gotta you know i gotta get get high one more time or like not go over there like sick or whatnot so of course i go i go by and at this point i've gotten to where i was on fentanyl like i was really on i was i did a bunch of methadone whenever i was in mississippi but like you know i was going do some fentanyl before i went to rehab just like like an idiot and so like literally the night before um i was gonna go like i, I went and got it whatever and did it and then um almost almost overdosed in the bathroom and granted this whole time and throughout my life i've never overdosed i've done in like you know copious amounts of drugs and stuff where you would have thought i would have died or you know i definitely would have been in the hospital but it's like God's protecting me throughout so much stupid stuff, man. It's amazing just looking back. Yeah. But so, you know, I had a buddy that went with me and I never let people go with me to meet up with this this dude I was getting stuff from, whatever. But if he hadn't went with me, like I genuinely believe I would have died. But I was swerving in and out of traffic. And so we get pulled over, you know, cops find the drugs, whatever. And so I end up going to jail for the night. And then I'm, I'm already got it locked in to go to rehab. So I'm like, look, I've already, I've already got this set up to go and stuff. So there's no, you know, like you just let me, let me do this and get it sorted out, whatever. So I go, um, go straight from jail to rehab. And I, the first, I'm pretty sure it was the very first night I was there. I was just, I was dope sick, man. I was all types of messed up and just, you know just like where am i at i mean i literally went to arkansas i'd never been to arkansas before i'm like why am i here you know but i knew god was there and i knew there was purpose to it and so the first night i was there this little bitty pentecostal lady um was there with like this group and she was like has anybody received holy spirit or does anybody want holy spirit or whatever?" and you know i I just was like all right god like i'm just going for it like whatever this looks like whatever this means and so i grew up southern baptist you know holy spirit wasn't demonized in the church that i was a part of but he wasn't emphasized yeah. either and, and i like to just so not bring know, it
0: up in southern baptist right. churches yeah
1: <laughs> exactly yeah. it's just like they just glaze over on those verses but so, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm with it. You know, like, uh, I'm just like, I don't know what a lot. And I, I had an understanding in the context of Scripture, but a lot of this stuff I hadn't experienced. You know, like, it, it hadn't led to an encounter about a lot of it. It was just information yeah. in my head. So, you know, I, I received Holy Spirit that night, man. And the only thing I could compare it to is pure joy. And it was like you know i've done a good bit of ecstasy and stuff but it was like the pure version of ecstasy of just like bliss you know delight of and dude granted i'm literally going through opiate withdrawals when i received it yeah and i still was (laughs) able to feel that right yeah like what a night and day
0: like your physical is just in hell and your like spiritual is just in everlasting bliss
1: yeah yeah it was such a contrast and and so interesting but and you and i've had and seen people like i've literally seen people that were coming off like a eight to ten bag of heroin addiction a day and they would get prayed for and they wouldn't have any withdrawal symptoms at all so you know i've seen god you know sovereignly do things in people's life where they were able to to go over that or they didn't have to go through that but for whatever reason god wanted me to experience the pain of that you know of just going through the withdrawal so even after whole like receiving holy spirit and all that and it dude like the way i would explain it is electricity as well you know the yeah. word dudemus meaning power like it was it was so interesting and unique and such a special encounter like it's just in imprinted in my or implanted implanted in my brain whatever words are hard at the moment but <laughs> um you know so it was just, it was so, it was very unique and special though, man. And, you know, so I still went through like a 14 day withdrawal where I didn't sleep at all. I was throwing up, you know, upset some of the whole nine. Like I went through all of the hell, like it was not a good time. And, but so I, I went through the, the, um, the program I stayed, I, you know, um, was just in the word, man, just constantly just digging into it, reading all kinds of spiritual books and, You know it was just like it was all new to me and just so real and alive and i started having like just these really interesting and unique encounters that i really didn't have a place for them or didn't even know what to think but i knew it was real
2: yeah
1: and you know just like i just interesting stuff i mean all across the board like good stuff and then some weird stuff with the kingdom of darkness trying to scare me and influence me with that but i just um I don't know, man. I was just open to it. And I I don't think that God will ever push anything on you that you don't want to receive or you're not open to. Like, I mean, sometimes I don't want to, you know, sometimes he will. Sometimes he's sovereignty. It's like, yo, look, you're about to experience this because this is a part of the path I have for you. But a lot of times he's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to overextend anything. You have to want it. Like you have to consent to it. And, And so you know that it's, you know that you have a a voice in it you have a decision in it it's not just like you're a robot and he's just telling you everything you have to do but you know so I, I stayed I stayed there and then towards the end of it I felt like God was telling me to move to this other place that they had close to where I was living in Alabama and to stay on and do staff and you know it's a non-profit whatever and so if you stay on and we're part of the staff you didn't get paid but you know they would take care of like you know you were fed and all that stuff basically you didn't have any bills yeah. but um you know like so i I, ended, I was at the very end of it and then i just couldn't commit yet man i just still had this thing in my head or still wanted to do things my way And so, you know, like I graduated, completed it and all that, whatever. And then I was just like, no, I'm just going to go home. You know, I'm just going to go back because I I still was scared of what he wanted to accomplish or, you know, what was next. And so, you know, I I moved back. I started working. I was working at the scoring store and um, I was like moved up from being like a sales rep to assistant manager there very quickly Was making good money like before I went to rehab I was already the assistant manager they like held my job for me and everything I've always like been able to have good healthy relationships throughout my life you know and even being a part of whatever active addiction or whatever you want to call this stuff just being an idiot I was still able to maintain like jobs and relationships you know but um, still functional for the most part I mean you know as, as much as you can be doing those amounts of copious amounts of opiates but I, I would say I would say at least if you knew me vaguely you would probably think I had it I was maintaining I wouldn't say I had it together but you know, um but you know so within six months of me getting out one like i realized that for me getting jammed up with the possession charge before that they they it was just a gravel they were wanting lot funny and so I, you know threw a couple grand at it and then they just kind of left me alone but it still wasn't resolved like it, it was you know a couple of felony charges of possession then like a paraphernalia charge but it wasn't it was a i'd never been arrested before or anything so it was it it was marked as a um first offense or whatever it may be but um you know and of course they were like trying to get me jammed up with snitching or any of that and i'm just always one of those things it's like if you do the crime like it's on you like you know yeah. it, whatever you do is on you so it was like that ain't an option but so within about four or five months of me being sorted with all that i, I started partying again you know just started smoking weed whatever and it just quickly escalated back to being where i was using opiates again and i knew like within two or three months of me using again i was just like this ain't it like i knew i'd stepped out of the will of god and that god wanted me to go through and be a part of staff on the other at the other place and so you know I, i humbled myself and i went to my probation officer and was like i I need to go back and you know I, I've been doing I've been messing up making stupid choices and they, they were like I really respect that you know of course like as long as everything is basically as long as you keep giving us money we don't care what you do it's the way, <laughs> it's the way they treat you. I'm, it's crazy dude but um, so I went and uh, I went to the, to the place that I felt like God had already told me to go and because I had went through the other program they did what they call fast track so I only had to go through the program for two months and then they put me on staff but you know so I I was over that as what they call a senior counselor and so I was over I don't know it was like 10 to 14 counselors depending on who was there or whatnot and so I've got some some opportunity to learn you know I'd like leadership or how to Facilitate and make sure that people are able to be themselves, um, but at the same time, like to make sure that the, the rules that matter and matter that were enforced. But um, there, especially man, I really started having even more unique encounters, and God, I really felt like it was teaching me a lot, giving me some clarity about some stuff that I hadn't put together at the other place. You know, these pieces and the stuff. It's like he's, yeah. he's wanting to put it all together to give you a big picture, but you got to get what you got to get out of it. You yeah. can't go the quick way. There's no fast way around it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: You can't and, just download a new a new software. You know, you have to. <laughs> You're gonna be sifted. You're gonna be tried. You're gonna be tested.
1: Yeah, this this isn't um, the Matrix for sure. Or it is the Matrix, but it's not like that. Like you gotta you gotta do the hours to Learn the, the jujitsu or whatever it may be, but so I um I started reading some of these specific books, and you know, I've you know, because I'm in the same way as a lot of other bears, where I've had a lot of people abuse spiritual truths or you know, like just authority in general or whatnot. I've always been you know talking about like key moments that influenced you or molded you like i skipped school on september the 11th uh 2001 and got a blockbuster card and rented some movies and then came back and literally watched the second tower holograph on the <laughs> onto the, um, the building. Yeah, you watched the and controlled was,
0: demolition of
1: the... <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. this that's not how this works. I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but I just knew it wasn't it. Yeah. And, and for years, I still had that Blockbuster card, man. I don't know what happened to it, but I wish I had... I was like, God, those I mean, that's so random of all the days to get a Blockbuster membership and stuff. Like, I was 17. Like, you had to be 17 then or whatever. And so... You know I, I was in this process while I was there of just like learning how to just to let God rewrite and redo all the nonsense I'd been believing about him and you know I was still very immature still you know bumping my head as far as like learning how he moves and stuff and just being more gracious and more kind you know I've never been like just a, total like dick but I've always just been playful and very blunt with people and it was like God had to smooth those edges of knowing when to joke people when to joke with people and when not to and stuff and you know it's and it's been a process even with everything I've been going through this past year it was like him refining that even more you know just you know you can be funny and you can be like yourself and all that and and still you know have like this there's just a drawing where people want to be around you or want to have conversation with you and so i just in that process in that time i really learned a lot man and looking back it was a special time of just you know him really showing me that he really is for me and that he really is good and this, like there's a lot of these things and like that he's faithful and stuff it's not just cliches it's not just stuff that people say to make them feel better when they're having a hard time like it, yeah. it's true yep. and so like i was almost done in um in my res- agreement so the agreement was to be as a, a senior counselor for eight to ten months and then after that you would go what they call a full counselor and that agreement is for a year and i felt like i was leaning towards doing that but it would be a full year and in that year you couldn't have a serious relationship there was still a lot of restrictions in the in that dynamic where you you were still kind of submitted to this program even though you were not in it in the capacity that a lot of people were right and so I, I found this church and it was called the art and I went there and they were having 24 7 prayer and worship in um January and like they started the year off for literally the whole month of January the church was open 24-7 to people just to go in there and pray or whatever it may be and so I went and I went in there and the, the just tangible presence of God was in there in such a, wi- a real and beautiful way and it was um it was humbling to me it was it was another unique encounter where looking back, like I hadn't experienced the presence of God in that same way in, in any other capacity. And so, like, I knew I was supposed to be a part of that church. And I knew that God had a purpose for all of that stuff. So, um, and I know, I don't even know how long I've been talking. I'm just kind of rolling with it. but we was already at over an hour. <laughs> but, um, and I can't even see the chat or anything, so I have no clue if anybody's even listening or whatnot. But, no, um, I'm loving it. People are loving it. Um, Who all's hanging out? so said, "What up?" "What <laughs> yeah. up?" I got <laughs> slapweasel,
0: Andrew J, coffee grounds bear, a set of acanthus bear, uh, Amish bear. <laughs>
1: uh, my up, girlfriend's guys? in
0: the chat. Skillet bear. Yeah, we got some legends. So
1: there. that's awesome. I appreciate everybody hanging out, but. Yeah, Bear no, says, really glad
0: did... God chose you, to, chose you to change, Robert."
1: Yes, sir. I'm glad he chose me
0: to. Andrew uh, Bear says, you're a
1: legend.
0: <laughs> Son of a Cantus says, burn that jacket.
1: <laughs> burn the jacket. What jacket? The jacket oh, the that ja- the uh, guy was, your oh, jacket. Oh, dude, and... yeah. That's, that's been gone. Shoot, I never saw it again, that's for sure. I mean, oh, no, I didn't even say what ha- So what happened is he left... To full circle and close it, like clean that up because I obviously left that a train wreck. The Joker left from um, them meeting and hooking up in a hotel, and he had a head on collision with an 18 wheeler at like one or whatever in the morning. Apparently, he was out of his mind on pain pills and Xanaxes and stuff, and he died. He, they said he died on impact, but he was wearing my jacket. Like, how crazy is that, dude? Yeah. But so, anyway. So, like, I, I started talking to a girl and um, we were, you know, we the restrictions of the parameter of the program, you could you could be getting to know someone, but there was boundaries and stuff to keep you from being intimate and, you know, accountability and all that stuff. So, I came to them and told them I was interested and that, you know, I wanted to see where things went and they they treated it like i was being deceptive and stuff and they they acted like i was and like nothing happened like i mean you know we were doing things the right way and they were like oh we want you to go to live in tennessee to this other program and basically start your agreement over and i'm like what do you mean like no like nobody, you know, it was just un- unrealistic in, in all capacity. So I was like, no, nah, I'm all set. So I'll just finish this agreement and then I'll be done with it. And so through the process of that couple of months, I had really started to getting connected to the church, you know, more. I'd been going to that and stuff. You know, they, they had services. What was crazy is they had services on Saturday nights. And, you know, where I was living at was they had a university in it. And so there's a lot of college kids that went there, and it was really cool just to see how hungry people were for God. Yeah. And that you know if you're going to church on a Saturday night, you probably your priorities are in the right place. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and um, yeah. especially if you're in college. And is this this is in Nashville? You said. No, this was in uh, Shoals, Alabama. Oh, so okay. This, okay. Yeah. So like, um, Florence, so especially in that. Nashville <laughs> on a
0: Saturday night, there's a. <laughs>
1: yeah no doubt so um so i I started being connected with it and stuff i felt like a drawing there where there was some purpose on a greater level for me to have a relationship and so i i felt like they had a school there as well it was just like a school of ministry or whatnot and so like one I, i finished my agreement with um the discipleship program that I was in, um, I was a senior counselor at, and was just like, "All right, I'm done with this." I mean, honestly, that that left me frustrated and very disappointed because you know you're you're working there, you're not getting paid. You know, it was like a another 14-hour day situation, whatnot. You like there were strict expectations and rules, and it was like God continuing to try to give me discipline, give me structure and stuff because i I desperately needed it man i've always been a person just to kind of wing it and fly by the seat of my pants and so if it's you know if i'm able to to just like i don't know work through it without actually planning it out that's usually the way i do it but i I really believe that a lot of times god wants us to be intentional about most things you know you don't have to be ocd about it all but like there's a purpose you know there's there's a saying that somebody's Said to me back then that really stuck with me, but they said it's it's rules, order, peace, joy. You have rules, and the rules give you order. The order gives you a peace because from the structure and from that peace, then there's an opportunity for you to have joy. And you know that's yeah, always that's just really resonated with me. Yeah, and I, I mean I'm not a rule person. That's what's funny. You know the, yeah, the number of rules you should have should be very small, but. But make them have the maximum amount of punch, you know. Um, but when
0: it's the right rules, yeah,
1: yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> when it's the true authority, yeah, it's everything falls in line. Yeah. So I, um, I started really having um, connection with a lot of the people at the church, and then I started going to the school of ministry, and it was it was pretty cool. There was probably forty people in the first year and then probably another twenty five or thirty in the second year. The way it was set up was there was actually technically three years of it. But the third year was an internship and, you know, I'm not gonna pay somebody to be an intern. So, you know, I was like, all right, I'll do the two years but I'm not gonna you know, I'll I'll serve, I'll do whatever I need to as far as that goes, but I'm not gonna, you know, go I'm not, I'm not going to go through these hoops or whatever, you know, quote unquote, an intern, because I never wanted to be like a pastor or anything like that, you know, and even whenever I was on um, staff with the discipleship program, I would actually have to teach classes at the drop of a hat. So if they didn't have a teacher or somebody that was supposed to show up for a period, then they would be like, yo, you're up. And then I would have to speak for like an hour and you know like it was one of those and they called it being ready in and out of season but i'm like no this is called trauma fire but um <laughs> you know <laughs> but it, it did you know it, it got me to where like i always was able to share from my heart yeah. and then i was always you know what i mean like yeah. it was just like i if i had to do a class like we may not be talking about anything out of the bible or whatever but it's like a spiritual principle or you know what what not but So, I went through the um, school of ministry, completed the first year, Um, you know, it was interesting, learned a bunch, really got activated a lot of spiritual gifts in me, and just have clarity with all that, and then, you know, we were, like, really serving the community, like, walking around downtown, picking up trash, uh, going to the soup kitchen and serving, you know, like... Finding out if people were homeless or where they were at if they were homeless and trying to help them or give them structure, you know, stuff like that. And I will say that was one thing that that church was really good about was like being the hands and feet, you know, just serving yeah. the community. It wasn't about like let's do a photo op or you know, <laughs> like let's look virtuous. Yeah. Like they really did. They really did want to help the community. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and and I mean, it, it really taught me to be better about serving about doing things for the right thing even if nobody knows or you know it's just like none of that matters it's just like do the right thing because it's the right thing yeah and so you know i i started um like hanging out with with one of the girls that was going through the school of ministry and and really started to like i don't know i basically have relationship we weren't like it wasn't defined or like we were in a committed relationship, but like we were constantly with each other. And um, you know, it was one of those things where like some of this stuff I don't know, just being mindful and considerate to her, I'd try to figure out like to me I'm like it is what it is, but I don't wanna overshare something that, you know, she would feel some type of way about me sharing. But you know, she she went through a process and had a lot of stuff that she had to work through, and she had had some traumas, some experiences from her life when she was younger, and a lot of that stuff kind of came back up, and and it caused a lot of a lot of stuff, and a lot of insight with with her, and to where she wasn't able to commit to the relationship, and um, you know, I was ready. I mean, at one point, I was like in love with her for sure and wanted to, um, I mean, wanted to settle down and be together and all that. And, you know, but she like had all this stuff happen. And, you know, at one point, like she, the enemy convinced her that she was a homosexual. And so it was just like, you know, devastated me. I was like heartbroken and just like, what do I do? You know, cause I, I know the truth. I know that that's not her identity and stuff, but it's like, it doesn't matter. And even, with that stuff it's crazy the pull from it because they don't you can know the truth and they can still have that draw where they they feel powerless and so you know yeah. her and I, like once all that popped off i just kind of gave i just released that and was like all right well i'm just i guess i am going to be single for a while or it is what it is but um and in this process with the church like the church was a husband and wife were the main like pastors and then their son was the main worship leader and his wife was on the worship team and then all this stuff but there was a very family vibe to the church in general which was great you know and, and I really appreciated that but at the same time it was like this family they could do no wrong they were above reproach like if you said anything to them they were basically like I'm a, we're going to do what we want to do and, you know, so where it's like, okay, well, so where's the accountability? Like, if no I mean, I feel like the pastor should be more accountable than anybody else. You know, there should be transparency and stuff. And um, so, like, stuff started happening, and I had gotten to a position where, you know, I was over a lot of stuff as far as like outreach or just different things. I never was paid to be a part of the church, like, but, you know, I, because I didn't want to be. But it was this thing where things just started revealing themselves at the church, and where there was just no accountability with the worship team, and just like this elitist mindset general with them, and all this. And so, you know, I, I came to the to the pastor multiple times, and you know, addressed some things. Was like, this is what I see. You know, a lot of people look to me to have like a voice and an opinion. And, you know, I really didn't just go and nitpick over every little thing. So to come to him about these things, it was like a big deal. And I wasn't the only one seeing it, but they just shrugged me off and basically were like, stay in your lane. And, you know, it was like they wanted to use my gifting and and the calling on my life. And a lot of people that looked to me and stuff, and they wanted to use my voice of influence, but it was like, don't put a finger on anything that we're doing wrong. And, um, you know, so it, it, it grew to where I was really frustrated to where I was like, I'm not going to be a part of this because it's going to, it's all going to blow up and be just a big mess. Yeah. And so, you know, Truth I... can't
0: stay hidden for long,
1: right? Nah, dude. Eventually, <laughs> it always comes to light. All of it does. And so I um I, I finally got to a point where I I just met with him and was like, I'm stepping down from any position of responsibility. I'm not, you know, gonna slander you guys or any of that stuff, but I'm I'm no longer like gonna be active at all. And I think I went to maybe one or two more services after that because I had, I mean this was family to me, man. Like these people had relations you know, like I had a lot of relationship. and so I don't know if you saw or um or where, or well, you know, Pam and Doug and Bible gravy. they they were a part of that church, and um, you know, Pam was my boss whenever I worked in educational sales. She was my boss there, but she's, she's been um, such a, a huge like, I don't know. She's added so much value to my life, man. She's had so much insight, and she's just always been a person. You know, she literally—I call her my spiritual mom—and that's no slight on my mom because my mom's awesome. But she—it's just literally like a second mom that has always been somebody to be honest with me, been direct with me, you know, and just kind of give advice or whatever, just be there. So she's been very crucial. But she was a part of the church. Her husband Doug was a part of the church. All that, and there's a lot of people that stepped away from the church about the same time and you know it, it broke my heart like I, what's crazy is we started a, a home church at their house and we had like 30 or 40 people there that's awesome and dude dude it was some of the best times man yeah. like seriously i believe that, i mean even when you look at acts and, and everything i believe that's the way it, it really yeah. for the most part should be you know i like, think that's the case is, too yeah dude i mean it's just you know, i think that when churches reach purpose. that
0: number they should stop and like start
1: new new churches right maybe that's why all these it's a whole like, discussion um, but... <laughs> church splits happen yeah. <laughs> like you know because it's like once you get to a certain point you don't feel purpose or value yeah. you just feel like a number and, and you're supposed to have a relationship on a different level so yeah. i mean i think it's by design but it stops um, being
0: intentional, it stops being like a family, it stops being, you know, like a true investment in each other's lives, and at some point it just re- reaches a point where like, we need money, we need numbers, we need right. someone to manage this place, it's like, you start thinking of it like a business almost, which I think is inevitable, but, yeah, I'm not trying to get sidetracked, but, <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. I think that's awesome, yeah, no, I agree. Like in someone's house like 30 to maybe like 70 people tops. And then if the numbers keep growing, then just split it into two houses, you know? But yeah, that's awesome that you did that and we're part of that. Because I'm sure <laughs> being a part of something like that, you probably agree or at least kind of agree with what I'm saying. That's the, the yeah, general no, thought. I, I
1: mean, absolutely, dude. I, I, that's really exactly how I feel, though, is, I mean, it, it's, a, I think there's purpose to it. But yeah, so we, I mean, I like, I got... Frustrated, I got disillusioned. I got, you know, honestly angry and, and just like, why, why can't they see this? Or why don't, why don't they want to see it? Why don't they want to face it? And it was just pride, man. And, you know, it was just like, they would do anything to let, you know, they would, as far as my gifting or my value, they were all with all that, but they were not open at all to facing what they needed to face and um you know with with everything else and just i was jaded man i was angry like i wasn't angry at god but i was just like man people suck sometimes and you know like so i i just you know i eventually just just got to this point where i was like partying again man and i was like i was drinking and just making poor decisions and like i was nowhere near to the level that i was at in the past or anything like that and like i don't even think there's anything wrong with drinking or you know like i i I don't have an issue i've never had an issue with alcohol it was just everything else and i think all of it comes from a heart condition you know it's like what are you doing? Like, are you doing this to escape reality or are you doing it to celebrate life? And there are some things obviously that I, I wouldn't say like, you know, you shouldn't just do a bunch of Coke and be like, Oh, I'm celebrating life. So it's fine. <laughs> but you know, like there's, there's, you know, speak it, for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's, um, I think it's funny, but so, <laughs> but you know, so I, I started like, I'm gonna lose you.
0: Are you there? Oh no, we lost him. I think. Oh no, he's he, he got kicked. <laughs> we'll get him back in here in a second. Oh man. Oh man! <laughs> yeah. Slap in the chat says he's off doing coke again. What a rascal! <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. See back in? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> all
1: right, I'm all back. Yeah. Nice. Did you hear me doing any of that? I was. T- Dude, yeah, you I just cut news?
0: off like a minute or two ago. Yeah.
1: After the coke bit, beat. Slap
0: Weasel said uh, he's off again, doing coke again. What a rascal! Yep.
1: <laughs> Daggum, Sidekick Bear grabbed me real quick. Had to get it sorted. <laughs> but uh, so so anyway, like so, I like I found this place in Georgia that was it was a similar situation to what I where I was at in Alabama. And, you know, it was like free. It was like Bible focused, all that, whatever. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go. I just need to get, I need to get away. I need to get along with God and just figure out like what's what. And, you know, I just, I didn't have any direction, man. I didn't feel like, I knew I was off track. And uh, so I I found this place and I went and um, I was there for, it was like a four month program and i was there for four months and then i felt like the lord said stay and, and help them and so i stayed on and they don't they didn't technically have like a quote-unquote staff thing or anything like that but it was a non-profit and they really struggled with like vision for how to get their needs met or whatnot so i you know figured out ways and stuff to like Food bank situations, um, just fundraising in general for finances for it. Because it was completely free to be there. And they had like, it. I don't know what it's like now, but I think they had like 80 guys there. And they had very minimal staff and all that. So I stayed on there and worked for, I guess it was about eight months or so. And then, are you still here? Yeah. Okay, I was just making like the oh, video yeah. or what whatnot from D Lives and that stuff. But <laughs> so you know, That's I it. like I was there for I guess maybe almost a year total. But you know, it was just kind of I mean, just really recentering and trying to figure out what 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 am I supposed to do, man? What am I here for? What am I doing with my life? You know, like I was thirty three years old and um or no 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 I was thirty I was thirty one whenever everything popped off with that and then whenever Rachel and I got together I was thirty three. But so I had been on Illuminati been there for a while. Now. Yeah, I know. Numbers <laughs> everywhere. I knew that was hey, Illuminati
0: funny. confirmed, yeah.
1: But so yeah, were you on nine eleven?
0: Oh yeah, that's right. You were right. in Blockbuster <laughs> I was at Blockbuster.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. right. Please please rewind. But uh As Ground
0: said in the chat, the uh, what a strange sink. The blocks got busted. Hey,
1: (laughs) busting
0: blocks on nine eleven. Yeah,
1: still me. Still me. uh, Beams don't melt like that. But uh, so yeah, let's see. Butter popcorn doesn't melt like that, (laughs) right? But so I um. Which I really never... I didn't even plan... There's no direction I go when I tell my testimony. It's hilarious to what I'll emphasize or focus on. But um, (laughs) I'm just trying to get the meat and potatoes out of it. But so I was there. I was like just kind of in a good headspace and really felt like I was locked in. And um, then out of nowhere one day, like I had had like a Plenty of Fish app um, before like a couple of years before hadn't used it or anything didn't even have any like updated pictures or any of that stuff and i got an email one day saying that um you know somebody was interested in my profile or like something or whatever and i looked and it was you know it was rachel and um you know i just um you know i was like all right cool so i messaged her and we we talked back and forth or whatever and you know, I was just completely upfront with her about everything as far as where I was at, all that. And um, we talked for maybe three weeks or so. And then, um, you know, I asked her if she wanted to go see a band play in Savannah. And she was like, um, no, I'm actually going to church on Friday. And so I was like, well, you know, that's a good sign. She's wanting to go to church instead of a concert. So, like, I'll see what's up. And so I actually went to this church. The name of the church was Providence, which I thought was cool, um, just with everything that, that happened with it and all that. And so I get, I get there, and they're giving her what they call a hot seat or whatever, you know, where some people call themselves prophesying. Or, you know, I, I look at all of it as just encouraging, you know, like you can get insights for people or have little little moments of clarity or whatever when god will if you're open that god will show you truths about people but it's always to like add value to them and they always get to choose it and a lot of times you never even know if it's accurate or not until you know the proof's in the pudding but um so i i get there and there are all these people just saying all this other stuff and a lot of it just focusing on negative stuff and you know it it doesn't take any effort to see the crap in somebody's life And so I sit there for like 45 minutes and they're all just kind of saying all this stuff all over the place. And I I felt like God gave me some insights and stuff. So the pastor of the church came up to me and was like, basically, who are you and what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm here to see her. And, um, you know, like I, I did, I felt like I had some, some stuff to share or whatnot so like everybody kind of does their thing and then I go up to the the church and he's like, you know, puts me on the spot and was like so what do you have? And I just, you know, I, I give her the 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 insight that I felt like was was for her and she was just like blown away just like like how do you know my address type stuff? And um then, you know, I've shared what I had or what I felt like I had for the church, and they, they were just, like, kind of tripped out about it as well. And, you know, I don't know, man. It's interesting. Like, I've had different things and situations where I believe that God showed me stuff about people and it'd be spot on or whatnot. But I've never been one yeah. where it's, like, something where I'm trying to turn it into a relationship. <laughs> and um you know what I'm saying? Where well, there's God actually a risk there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and um so but i just i felt like it was spot on and it was like we connected very quickly and it was very real and um so we we ended up going and getting pizza afterward and we sat there and talked for like four and a half hours five hours and, um, you know, it was like, boom. And I made it very clear to her within a couple of days of like, this is where I'm at. Like, this is what I want. Like, I'm not gonna make you guess or any of that. And that's one thing I see, I like both in the church and out of the church, people in general right now, is just like this fear to commit or, you know, like the talking phase or anything. And I'm like, no, you gotta, you got to make it clear what your intentions are. And like the man's supposed to really step up and be like, "Yo, know, this is what I want. You know, it's not like, I'm not going to leave you guessing or anything like this is where I'm headed. Yeah. And um, you know, so we, we were together for, I think it was about six weeks, man. And I got hit and I was sick and I'd like for about a month, I was just like sick as a dog. It, like what happened with my dad the other day actually was very similar to what happened with, with me in 2017. And, you know, I went to all these doctors, went to all these specialists, like I had, you know, a bunch of blood in my stool, all these complications, nobody could give me any answers. So, you know, finally after going to like multiple people and all that, like I ended up just going to the, the emergency room, they they put me, or they, um, they took me in and then I was, um you know they did a colonoscopy the next day quickly said that i had um um complications from my pancreas or pancreatitis and then that i needed to have my um was it uh my appendix removed as well and so you know i it dude it just did they do it to you right there like
0: all right we're taking you to surgery yeah like i mean not like you didn't have plans for today in the next three weeks because you're going into surgery
1: (laughs) well i had all these complications man where um i had abscesses i had staph infection um like uh, i ended up having a hernia in the incision spot like i literally ended up being in the hospital so this is what happened i was in the hospital for three or four weeks and then they released me and it was complications from like the abscesses and and all this stuff, whatever, but they released me and you know, my parents were still in Alabama at this point. Like I started staying or the whole time, dude, Rachel and I were only together for like a month and a half when all this popped off and she was so solid, man. And she was so consistent um of just showing up every day at the hospital she let my mom stay with her while I was in the hospital like you know just anything and it really made us bond very quickly you know like just you know Owen hits on this and stuff but you know just the trauma of everything that is life or whatnot it makes you either stronger or it's, you know it separates you and we just really bonded very quickly with that and she loved me very well in that time man it was so selfless and just so open and and everything but um you know it it was a it was a process man it jacked me up like just the surgery I mean because I had multiple surgeries and stuff with it and then like I lost a ton of weight like they literally wouldn't let me eat for like a week straight and I mean I went from being like 185 pounds to like 120 pounds all this stuff and, you know, so they released me after like three or four weeks, whatever it was. And then they, um, that I went, I went to the house or whatnot and I just knew something was off. So literally the very next day I went back to the emergency room, they readmitted me. So all said and done, I, I don't know exactly time frame. I think it was, it was either six or seven weeks total. I was in the hospital. Um, but so, you know, I, I get, get out and, you know, I was a part of this, you know, that program or whatever, where I was like working with them and all that. And I was like, I guess, I don't know what else to do. I guess I'm just going to stay with her because, you know, I, I it was going to take me a couple of months to mend, you know, and it was either like do that or like move back to Alabama. And so it was just, I had to make a decision and, you know, just be like, all right, this is my course. And so, you know, I, I moved in with her and stuff. And, you know, we were already to a point where it was like, all right, this is it. Like, this is what we're going for. And, you know, so we we learned, I mean, you know, cause we hadn't been together a super long period of time at that point, And we still had a lot of stuff to figure out and, you know, just getting to know each other in general. And, um, but, you know, we were with each other for, I guess about eight or nine months. And then I proposed to her And, you know, it was just a complication with everything with her family and stuff. Like her dad is, is all about appearance and, you know, just kind of, he's, he, he likes the finer things. He's a chiropractor. He's, you know, he's all, he's all about just a different value system. And so, you know, we her and I like worked through stuff and tried to figure out what we wanted to do, but he was always trying to push his will and and how he would do things if it was him. And like, he was telling us, you know, I got like, I'm gonna give you 50 grand for the wedding, blah, 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 all this stuff. And we're like, that's not what we want. Like, we're not, you know, we ended up getting married in my parents' backyard and it was a beautiful (laughs) ceremony and dude, but it pissed him off, man and it caused so much complications, and, you know, like, Rachel really didn't want to be forthcoming with him about everything from my past, and I was just like, it is what it is, like, everybody's got a past, but, like, you know, he's got to know and stuff, and, um, but he, he, when he found out, he was just pissed off, and, you know, he felt like that she had been deceptive. apparently, she had had you know, a couple of relationships in her past that were really messy where, you know, partying was a part of the equation. Um, But, you know, I'm just like, it is what it is. But, like, he very quickly wanted to excommunicate her. And just between the stuff with the wedding and everything else, it was like, how can you abandon your daughter that quickly over something, you know? But we we tried to pursue connection and everything. and, And he just, I mean, he removed her from family group chats and and everything else. And it was just like, I don't know, man, it's amazing. I mean, he's, I don't know, I'm not trying to get in a whole bunch of stuff on this, whatever, but like (laughs) everybody's got their whole crap. And you know, like, it's just amazing how quickly people can give up on family. Yeah, and you know I I understand because he you know he had family that did that to him so it's just like cycles of brokenness repeating itself yeah. but you know like I could have done a better job of honoring him I could have done a, a better job of communicating and stuff and like looking back in hindsight like you see some of things more clearly but like he he basically fired her she was working for him at the time and he you know was like, basically this is not going the way that i want it to so you need to find somewhere else to work and um like made her pay for a bunch of stuff that he was paying for beforehand and all that was good like that was going to be a part of the equation anyway but it was just done out of spite and you know so we we moved to states for uh, and um where we were living at the time like uh, up until you know whatever last year but you know, just to try to figure things out and because she felt like, you know, her dad abandoned her. And it was like just because things, were, he wasn't, you know, getting his way. And um, so it's been like this process. Like when we went to Statesboro, man, I, I like had to figure out what the game plan was as far as, you know, I was working at the post office at one point, which that's hilarious with the situation with Owen, but, you know, like, <laughs> shut out the post office. But, you know, yeah like there's just not a whole lot of structure especially when it comes to the delivery guys for the rural and everything where it was just like it wasn't my thing man I had to figure something else out so you know where I'm working now I've worked for almost three years but like just the kinks of us being married and trying to figure a lot of this stuff out a lot of change or whatnot it was just a lot and you know you're still trying to figure it out and I I feel like the first I mean it's all a process, but the first like three to five years are crucial and to like getting your group. You know what I mean? Like seeing the dynamic of how you're gonna flow and, and just everything else and you have all these outside influences and everybody's opinion of the way things should be or whatever, but like you have to choose like it's you and your spouse versus the world. Yeah. And so you can't let of you know outside influences make make that harder or complicated or whatever and um but you know with everything like i i connected with the bears and um like really started getting active with owen like how i met owen or found all that stuff out was um when he was on alex jones and um you know, so like once I found him from Alex Jones, I, I started following him on Instagram. And then like, I didn't really watch any streams or anything or what he was doing at that point. Cause I think that was 2017. I don't know, I'm sure Slap is still in the chat. He can either confirm or deny that. But um, so, you know, I started keeping up with him loosely then. And then in, I think it was the beginning of 2019 or something i started watching the the live streams i think it was the either the end of 2018 or the beginning of 2019 what i'm on bed with time but um you know within i guess i watched i watched um, some and then i kind of you know deep dove and watched like why didn't they protect Leo or, you know, my um my brothers um why my brother's my hero, which to anybody that hasn't watched that stream and you got five and a half hours to to, to spare, I would really encourage it. Um yep. you know, and that was the thing that says he, wasn't there.
0: he wasn't there? Oh, okay. He wasn't there for instance um, so what he said.
1: Gotcha. Um so I um you know, I was kind of feeling things out and I've always been to where like I've, I I don't just dive into anything you know like especially when it comes to like just things where it's new to you or whatever like I don't just like find somebody I'm like oh you're my best friend now and then like you know what I mean like this kind of <laughs> blind allegiance thing you know I really felt Owen out and watched even you know like some of those interviews he did about everything that happened with the trans kids and all this stuff and the thing that drew me to him more than anything, I mean, it was like, obviously the comedy and stuff had a lot to do with it, but it was just his desire for for truth and his authenticity. You know, above everything else, like even if he wasn't funny, it was like the thing I appreciated because I've always craved the the authentic, you know, like I don't, it's good, bad, ugly, messy, whatever, as long as it's authentic. And, um, you know, so I, I started getting more active, and um i started watching the live streams live and maybe march of 2019 or something like that so it's been probably i guess almost 3 years at this point since i've been like really active but you know just like i was still um under my uh, um my government my, my government name in the uh, in the youtube and, and all that you know what i'm saying and um so Get and just like here. i don't know yeah yeah exactly right and um but you know and just it was just like always i've always been myself man no matter like the dynamic of whatever i'm going through whatever i've always had this like desire to pursue the lord and then this desire to like experience what's real of life and to have real relationships with people and you know that's i mean God. got god had a different path for me to get to the bears but you know it's like i i came from the position of pursuing god and then all the the stuff kind of revealed itself with the nonsense where a lot of people are like the nonsense is taking them to to connect with god you know what i mean and it's like if you pursue truth long enough i believe you're gonna encounter god so um but you know it's just it's just been this process of the last, Again, I'm trying to wrap this up. I'm making a four hour testimony. oh my God, I've been almost talking two hours, <laughs> Jeez. but, yeah. um, but I'm freaking just throwing up over here, but the, <laughs> That's um, great. so, um, where was that? Oh, so like, you know, I've always just wanted that, that real authentic connection and just people to be themselves or whatever and you know the last couple of years it's been this process of with everything going on we've all went through this like extreme i mean i don't even know what to call it this like ceremony slash mk ultra ritual slash whatever like you know and it's like psyop what, Psy what we do we Yeah, yeah i mean all the words man like Red, it was like was it? a Fault political.
0: Flag. It was like it was such a perfect storm of it, like physical, political, economic, but spiritual too. Yeah. So I. It's been a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> I've, like I've just been, you've been like, tested and tried in many
1: ways. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so to to full circle everything with everything that happened with the church, right? So, and I guess it was. Tw- when, actually I think it was 2019 the church actually found out and it was exposed that three of the main couples including the pastor's son and his wife another guy that was on worship and his wife and then another couple that were all of them were on the worship team were having an affair like one of the guys was hooking up with one of the other guys' wives and, and dude And but that was exactly what I warned them Gosh. about And, you know, it broke my heart, dude, because there was like, you know, the church had grown to be like close to 400 members. And I mean, it's not about a number thing, but like it was an active, you know, like people were really trying to pursue the Lord. And it it literally destroyed the church, broke so many people's heart, made so many people angry and disillusioned at God. And then the pastor, the like top dude that I talked to or whatever, they had stockpiled money for, i don't know if this whatever i guess about a year or so but they had saved up over eight hundred thousand dollars cash in a secret account and then presented it to the the members and the elders saying that they deserved that and they were going to quit being the pastor and move to orange beach alabama and quote-unquote retire and the, and the church and everybody in the church let them do it They took the money. They destroyed the church. I mean, dude, even talking about it now, it's one of those things where I don't even care that I was right. Honestly, it breaks my heart that I was. Yeah. You know, and just because I know so many, even I have a relationship with a bunch of people that are still in that circle or, you know, the people from that church that, like, I love them, man. And it jacked a lot of them up. A lot of them are to this day angry at God because somebody misrepresented it and um so you know but it was crazy it took time and stuff but it came out you know the reality was still revealed but you know i thought i did want to i just wanted to clean that up because i I realized from the other story that i've been leaving some things left like wait what happened there (laughs) but so yeah i mean this i mean in looking back man especially last year like everything that's happened, I let it get me jaded again. And I was angry and I was confused and, you know, going through what I streamed about whenever I came back of just, you know, the, the ticket the enemy gave me with the taking the anxiety medicine and stuff, whatever. But, you know, it was a bigger symptom of my heart condition. And, you know, I haven't been just like one of those screaming at the you know top of my lungs on the corner, like everybody's a retard. But in my heart, I was angry and my heart, I was disillusioned, you know, so it may look different to everybody or, you know, you only, you know, when you're being real and God's highlighting something where your heart's at. But it took everything in this whole process for me to realize I was jaded. It took a lot of this for me to realize that I had been believed my wife wasn't for me when she actually was. You know that I could have done things differently that I had screwed up in a lot of ways that you know that I don't have it all together and you know some of this stuff could have been avoided and I'll have to give an account to God for that whenever I do see him at Judgment Day but then there's a lot of this stuff that I had no control over it and you know did I do the best I could with the information I had in a lot of situations yeah but you know at this point and I'm at where it's like it is what it is and all I can do is move forward you know nothing has changed as far as the dynamic of the situation with with Rachel since I did that stream of the you know she filed for divorce and she's only talked to me a couple of times since December she's you know now working back for her father And even when she filed for divorce, it's just under dissolution of marriage. It doesn't say irreconcilable differences or anything. And, you know, ultimately what she feels and perceives out of all of it is that she feels rejected and she feels like that it's like, can she actually just move forward and let go with, with the the pain and the heartache of the past couple of years? and you know God's given me the grace and the ability to forgive and let go of so much of it and most of it the reality is a lot of the things that are like significant in the situation is outside sources causing complications you know and like that's on both of us for communicating and having boundaries and whatnot and but you know she's a very direct person and she's straightforward about a lot of things. And she's never once told me she didn't love me or that she didn't want the marriage or, or anything like that. She's just shut down to where she won't communicate. And, you know, I mean, she has actually, she has told me she loved me even the day we met and signed. And even whenever we met the sign, she hugged me for like forever, dude. And it just doesn't make any sense of, you know i've seen so many situations and even with like my buddy in alabama that i that i mentioned that god restored his marriage like they had so much more crap man they had you know just infidelity and and physical altercations and all kind of stuff not to just like throw his crap which obviously none of you guys even know i'm talking about but it's just like (laughs) you know that it's like god can heal and restore all that so i know he can heal and restore this
0: yeah You know know what I mean? Yeah, it's never too late.
1: And, you know, I I was at a point and, you know, I've went through waves and and times of like, just wanting to like, let it go or just wanting the finality of some clarity. It's like, well, if she's not going to allow the, the marriage to be reconciled, then I want a wife who does want to be married. You know what I mean? Like, I want somebody... I Like, I deserve to be loved, too. Like, I want somebody that's going to, you know, that w- wants to be happy and wants to be in a committed relationship as well. And, you know, it's been a process of me... I mean, a lot of it... I mean, even realizing that I need people and that I'm... You know, because I've always been a very independent person, man. I don't... Like, relationships or whatever. Like, I don't just burn relationships, but, like, I'm not going to freaking like I've never went back to an ex you know what I mean and yeah. like even with everything that happened with this I was just such at a place of being angry and hurt and confused that I was just ready to be done and then God just like pulled the scales off my eyes man and just showed me everything It was like man the demons have been having a field day and it's like well what are you going to do now and then it's like make it right You know, like take ownership of your crap. humble yourself, like really be willing to walk in love and compassion. And then if nothing else, then you've done everything on your side to learn from the situation and get the healing you need and the forgiveness you need. I need like I realized so much of I needed to forgive myself. Like, I was beating myself up, man. Even when I took a break, like, you know, I know people didn't know what was going on or whatever, and they they could just, their imagination can run wild. But it was never about anything but me not knowing what to do and just feeling like I'd failed. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, where do you go from here? Or, you know, just like, I don't, even if somebody, you know, is able to look and and see everything and be like well he's human it was like well do i want to follow somebody that made that many stupid mistakes and then god's like dude if you look at the bible if you look at everybody in the bible and how screwed <laughs> up they were and god still used them and i was like you yeah. get you make a good point the big like, collection no of god. failures
0: and mistakes that is the, the old testament <laughs> yeah exactly it's like
1: so many red like the old red flag special you know <laughs> but, but God used them anyway, man. And I believe yeah. a lot of them did, even if they made stupid mistakes, even if some of their choices were intentional and they were just trying to do whatever they wanted, like God still flows through all of it. Yeah. And, you know, it's not an excuse or a license to sin. And that's one thing I love that Owen says and stuff, man, is I really, I strongly believe in holding people accountable. Yeah. And and I believe that, you know, grace empowers you. It doesn't, it's not a ticket to do whatever you want, um, you know, but it's, there's still a, a, a flow and a fabric and all of it of having compassion for people and seeing that it's not about what we do that qualifies, us. you know, like we can do cool stuff and God can use us and flow through us, but it's always him. It's always him doing all of it. So I don't know, that was, I guess that's kind of a, a loose weaving of the ADHD testimony, it's an old two-hour rant right there. <laughs> that was great.
0: No, everyone loved it. <laughs> Slapweasel said it's a good story, even though he totally wasn't listening but that's a lie because he, cool, totally he was totally listening because he's answering <laughs> <laughs> our questions and insights. And Coffee Grounds Bear, which I agree, says, uh, this is a wild story. Thank you for sharing it. There are a lot of people I know who can't bring themselves to tell their story like that. It's just true, yeah. Yeah,
1: I, and I, I love Coffee Grounds, man. He makes great <laughs> coffee and he's a good dude. No, I mean, I, I know who he is. I know coffee. Um, yeah, so, and that, so you, m- you is- mentioned
0: it, and uh, it's, I believe, I'm pretty sure, I'm like 95% sure that it was episode 276 of Hanging with Bears. I think so. So if my audience wants to go back and listen, Roe kind of breaks down everything that he was dealing with for like the last year of his life. And it's just like that. It's like, great. <laughs> it's great. It's so real. It's so like needed. Uh, the vulnerability is just beautiful, you know? And we all struggle. Like, don't act like you aren't, you know, you out there (laughs) watching or listening. Don't act like you're not struggling with stuff. Like, we are struggling. They're different. The battles are different. Our lives are different. Our situations are different. Our faith walk is at different levels. You know, there's so many things that are different, but all of us struggle. And, like, all of us need help. And, yeah, God is going to provide that. But also, like, community can provide that. Family can provide that. Your church can provide at, you know, a combination of all those, one or the other. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like what I love about you, what I've, I always say, like Robert's the guy that gets it because <laughs> no matter what, even through like that whole stream and like just right now, no matter what, at the end of it, it's just like pure faith. Like I know that things are bad. I know this is tough. I know I'm making mistakes, but like I have faith that things are going to work out and they will, you know and that's so crucial to have like just that pure trust in God even though there's doubts that creep in there's skepticism that creeps in you know there's you re- relying on yourself like you said like that pride will sleep, look, like, like slip in you know um, but yeah it's just so crucial with I think you're a great great example of someone who despite all of that the shortcomings the failures the struggles the hardships the You know whatever bad thing quote unquote you want to say at the end of the day like you're gonna get through it you're gonna push through it and it's because of that true unwavering faith in god like knowing
1: that he's there for you at the end of it yeah yeah for sure and i don't i don't know what's next man you know i i feel (laughs) like god has shown me so much through this time and i'm still i i it's not a false humility statement or anything. I, if anything, it show me that I don't have it all together, and that's okay. Yeah. Like you know, not like none of us do, and yeah. I. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and never to put anybody on a pedestal. Like I don't. I think we like. We don't even realize a lot of times when we do, and I, maybe that's part of why I felt so so much shame and like wanted wanted to take a break and all that. Because like, even if nobody said it or anything, I felt like people had this idea of me and this expectation, and the whole time I've just been like, "Yo, I'm just a dude. Like, I really am just a dude. I don't, you know, I don't have anything figured out except for that God's good and He's faithful, even when I'm not." And um, you know, so it really, I it it disappointed me and myself to know I'd let people down, even if they didn't even know the dynamic of everything that was going on. You know, because I do hold myself responsible, and I do, you know, if nobody else understands it, like I understand, I'm like, bro, you got to do better. And you know, it's it's, but at the same time, you got to have grace for yourself as well. And that's one thing I've been trying to work on and stuff is like, you know, even if everybody else forgives you, if you don't forgive yourself, it ain't going to count. I don't know. I would leave it on a positive note, but I'm I'm like, life's pretty good right now, man. I'm working a lot. I'm staying busy. Like, there's good things happening with the community. Just, you know, doing the... Hanging with the Bears as I feel like I'm supposed to with that, like once a week, um, just staying busy, trying to stay active, just encouraging people. And this is where I feel like to people that don't know me really well or kind of just know about me or whatever, I believe my main purpose and the way I fit in structure is to facilitate and to connect people to where they're supposed to be and fit and facilitate. So I'm all about you know, like getting people to dream and then getting them to to run after that dream and and make it some reality and bring it to fruition. Um, But as far as like the ins and outs of what I have going on or what I'm trying to move toward, it's just like encouraging people to go for it. And that I'm gonna point you to Christ as much as I can in, in whatever dynamic that looks like or whatever You know that right now there's so much startness there's so much nonsense that like if I can add any value to anybody, or if I can point them to God in any way, then that's what I'm going to do. Or if not, and I can just be a good friend to you, and you don't want anything to do with God, that's completely okay too. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be there as well as long as you can have honor and respect for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing.
0: That's amazing. That's uh, true Christianity right there, folks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely check out. Because everyone out there, check out. I, I might. It's it's one. It's either close. It's either two seventy five, two seventy six. I think it's two seventy six on Hanging with Bears mm-hmm. channel. It's amazing. But I wanted to ask these two questions. These two like. Subtle themes you kind of were bringing up throughout like that stream you did And I want to I want to get your answer I want to get your response to that or your uh, answer to these questions I have if that's all right Sure So the first one is um you kind of mentioned this but I want I want your full take on it What does love look like
1: Love looks like sacrifice And preferring somebody over yourself and, you know, when you look at Christ and what Jesus did on the cross, or to simplify and convince the gospel down, is saying, I'm going to die so you can live. And to me, that's what love looks like. It's not yeah. this fluffy thing or this, like, you know, it's not a stinking um, Hallmark movie or a Hallmark card, <laughs> but you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's getting in the mud with somebody saying you know when life's messy i got your back or even when you're mad at me i got your back or you know what i mean like it's and it's not conditional it's not on this thing of oh well if you if you (laughs) if you're gonna do right by me then i'll do right by you You no like love transcends all that you know but at the same time and just a little to nail it down a little bit more love also looks like discipline Love also looks like a boundary, and love also looks like accountability.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: The other one is, uh, what
0: does God sound like?
1: He sounds like Hmm. so many things, man. I would say... Yeah, you everything. Know, he's, yeah, he's he's the whisper, he's the wind, like, he's the boom. He, yeah. He's the, you know, the fire by night and the cloud by day. So, it's... He's in... in his voice can sound like anything you're open to hearing in. I've literally yeah. encountered God's voice in secular music that somebody would probably be like, you're a heretic for saying that. And then I've also hurt him in just the impression of, I knew it wasn't me that thought something. You know, whether it be you, you, like God's never, like the enemy's never gonna tell you to pray for somebody genuinely. The enemy's never gonna tell you to give a crackhead $5 knowing that they're probably gonna waste it, right? Like even those moments where it's like the paradoxes or the paradigms, uh, paradigms in our head wants us to like say, well, that's insane. So many times, will God will do it just to see if we're open, and just to see, because He His thoughts and His ways and and what He does, it looks so much different than the way we would normally expect it. Just from a natural, carnal perspective, it would always feel like a curveball.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Um. Is just just separately there's some questions I want to do and then we'll wrap up here in a little bit but um, is receiving what you
1: have prayed for a good thing I mean I would say so yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean and that's one thing like a lot of people I hear different prayers and stuff they're like well, oh I don't pray or I just pray for strength or whatever but like you know the Bible says you have not because you ask not You know, and Jesus says that if you ask for anything in my name, according, or, you know, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, according to his will, that'll be granted to you. You know, so it's like a context thing. Like, are you like praying for Corvettes and like nonsense or whatever? Like, it all has to fit according to his purpose. But I don't think there's anything wrong for asking for stuff, like both what you need and what you want, you know, because a good Father is going to give you what you need. Like, that's an automatic. But a good father is gonna give you things you want and then according to your timing and he's not gonna give you stuff that's gonna destroy you or cause you damage. But you know, like a good dad wants to give you a good birthday present, right?
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I go back and forth on that a lot. <laughs> I like get cool. proven wrong, and then I prove myself right, and then I prove myself wrong, and then I get proven right, and then I just keep like yeah. It's, a, it's, an it's an interesting thought It's an interesting thought and discussion, for sure.
1: Well, I think, like, with me, it always goes back to this. The verse he says, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Like, what is the kingdom? All of life and godliness. It's everything you need to accomplish what he's set in, in, in your heart and that he has written on your scroll for all of your life. So, I don't know I mean it's it's a thing and people abuse it and twist it like all these spiritual principles but I believe that you know it says that that you will be blessed in in the field and in the city you'll be blessed coming and going, and all this stuff so it's not a material thing though it's a spiritual it's a well-being and a, and a longevity you know like when it says that he's Jehovah Shalom you know the god our peace like if you really deep dive the root word of all that and everything that it goes into your your physical health like the the quality of life and relationships the longevity of your life how just that all your days would be blessed and it's not But it's not. Give me a jet and a gold toilet. You know, it's abundant life. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) That that should get a good response. Somebody in the channel appreciate that one. Yeah, Yeah. it's good though, man. Yeah.
0: Do you trust God's plan more than your own? Mm Hmm. I don't trust my plan. I'll say that. (laughs) Yeah. That one's fairly easy, but there's room for discussion.
1: There's room for debate there, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, there's always, even with everything that's going on, man, I've had to learn to trust him at such a greater level. I don't, I don't know what's next, man, but I know he's good. And even, even if things don't work out and everything finalizes, to, for the divorce to be done with all that, like, he's still the only answer I have to any of it, bro. Yeah.
0: Can we as Christians live a conflict-free
1: life? Mm, I mean, well, it says that the gospel is an offense in and of itself. Yeah. So, I don't, I mean... There's a, and that's the thing for so many of these truths, man, it's like, there's verses that say, you know, if you live by the sword, die; you die by the sword. And then there's also a verse that says, and in that day, sell your coat and buy a sword. So it's like, without Holy Spirit, to guide us through all these truths, like in one moment, that truth may be true. And then in the next moment, the opposite side of the coin may be true. So to answer the question you actually asked me, I would say yes and no. I believe there's a a verse in Psalms that says that if if you walk with the Lord uprightly, that even your enemies will be at peace with you. So that's, and I mean, and I'm a testament to that where in my life in situations and stuff where the more that I pursue God and stuff, even the people that were like, oh, he's just a Bible thumper, or you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. well, he he just used God to escape addiction, or you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. God, like, life, yes, the, that's all that's valid, but I don't think you understand the thing. It's like, you're not going to make it out of this life. Like, without God, none of us make it. And I'm not even talking about heaven or hell. I'm just saying life is, is hard, yeah. in it, but it's like, Without God, I don't know how any of these jokers are are, are not losing their minds, dude. No, they are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. We tried that. Yeah, so they're losing their minds because they got God.
0: <laughs> There will come a day when the world will go mad and then they will point at the people who are not mad and say, You are not like us. You are not oh. mad. <laughs> yeah. Why you
1: not? Why are you not mad, bro? <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: that's uh is uh, in the chat. Thank you for showing up. Always a pleasure when you stop by. Hope all is well. And Slap really said awesome. Up. He said um conflict is the air we breathe. And mm. that's like such yeah, a for sure. Simple and very profound <laughs> statement. <laughs> like Slap coming in hot in the chat. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I I get what you're saying and then that's like such fodder for like atheists. Like look at how the Bible contradicts itself and it's like or it's right in both contexts, you know, or it's mm-hmm. right in different situations or it's right in different, you know, I don't, I, I just have a tough time, like not a tough time, but it's an interesting time debating people about these like quote unquote contradictions in the Bible. And if you are truly letting the Holy spirit guide you, it's so easy to see that like, they're not contradictions at all. They're just truths and it's hard to explain yeah. them with words to someone that's so rebellious against god you know that just doesn't get it that can't see it and they just want like logic and reason and facts and science and math and they want like you to explain things to them on a secular level and it's like you just you don't get it man (laughs) i hope you get it please get it (laughs) but i don't know until you get it like you're just not going to understand that like two things can be true at the same time like genuinely and that's not just some cop-out or some excuse you know Um, yeah
1: i think people want so bad to be able to say something that's concrete or it's an absolute and that's the beauty of the gospel to me is it's constantly a paradox man and without holy spirit without like flesh and blood cannot reveal most of this stuff to you unless you're humble enough to say you don't have it figured out and then when you say i don't know what i'm talking about or doing then god's like well let me help you out with that and then it, and then boom the scripture becomes alive yeah yeah
0: it's interesting in um my my uh, awesome like bible study group it's like it's probably like 30 40 people mixed so it's like a two-part it's like a co-ed group and then we break off into like guys and girls and we have the in the co-ed we kind of don't get into these like philosophical theological debates but um, you know when, it, when the guys are alone it starts being some like awesome discussions about theology and stuff and so yeah. like a few of the guys are pretty much all Baptists I guess some are probably Church of Christ some are kind of like similar kind of Protestant denominations like southern denominations but this interesting debate kept coming up for like the last year about like the Calvinism idea like the determinism, Mm -hmm. Um, like the reformed Baptist, I guess is like the official phrase for it. It's like the reformed Baptist versus like mostly like Southern Baptists, And so that idea, and that's such an interesting concept because like the Bible again and again and again explains that like you were predestined to do Mm -hmm. this and this and this, like your life has been planned out since the start of time. Like there's so much evidence to support like the, Calvin I don't know Like the easiest way to say it So I'll just say Calvinism Like that Determinism
2: Yeah Right
0: There's also a lot of evidence That says That like There's free will And that things are your choice And that God is letting you You know Like from the beginning Like man was given choice To do this And this and this And like you could take Like the first four chapters Of Genesis And make strong arguments For both For Calvinism Right (laughs) And for You know Like And so what? So someone like like doesn't get it, that's not a Christian, that's not genuinely seeking truth and not seeking God in his right ways would say, well, that's a contradiction. That means the whole thing's dumb and stupid and you guys are wrong or one of you guys is wrong and one of you guys is right, you know, or mm-hmm. you can have these fruitful discussions where you're like, what if we're just kind of both right? What if yeah. it's so big we don't really understand it and it's fun to like kind of pick at the truths and kind of. You know, iron sharpens iron, kind of, in, in like, different ways. But, like, what mm-hmm. if this is all true? What if this is all right? Like, what if the answer's right. not A or B, but both? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I just find like, it really interesting, because, like, you know, people who don't get it are just so, like, you're both wrong, or one of you's wrong. And they don't understand that there's this possibility that, like, everyone can be right. And that, like, at the end of the day, God is right, and... I don't
1: know. <laughs> if you see, Kim, yeah. I'll show you
0: his right ways.
1: And yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that really is it though. I mean, I, I genuinely believe in both. I believe we are predestined yeah. and we do choose it. Yeah, I and think I think well, that man. is a lot of these situations like that. I think that's the case where like that whole thing of seeing different angles of the same thing. So you're not seeing what the other person's seeing, but neither one of you are wrong. Like, and that's one thing especially because i've like been around a lot of different people when it comes to like pursuing god or just i've always been curious about people just like their life experience all that you know and so it's like what what is that driving force for you to see the world through that lens and then you know like a lot of times there's value in it and people just don't even like whatever you don't have value for you're not going to be able to receive from So, you know, it's like the same thing of the language of the way God speaks to people, you know, the way he talked to Abraham or Abram before Abraham that, you know, he said that your descendants will be like those of the stars because Abram was was a star worshiper. And, you know, just going back to all the, even the nonsense with all the satanic goobers that are Saturnist, you know, whatever, (laughs) it all goes back to that, you know, but he's like, yo, I'm going to come to you in the language you're open to me talking to you in, you know, it's only your pride or like your ignorance or whatever that's going to keep you from me showing you like everything in a new way. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting about the um you
0: know, there's this whole thing about pe some people have for this argument that like Jesus is just an allegory for the sky clock, basically. You know, that like the all this all these astrological signs, you know, there's twelve zodiac symbols that means that the twelve disciples are this, you know. And I've heard right. it framed as this like basically this argument that like the Bible is fake and that Jesus is an allegory and it's all fake and it's uh story mm-hmm. you know they're, per, they're personifying the sky but mm-hmm. they don't factor in the like the, the fact that like the story is real and also the sky is predicting that story perfectly
2: <laughs> right yeah <laughs> because it's when,
0: all when, when the christians up, were going into europe and all these pagan worshipers like they knew the story of christ before the story of christ was ever told to them because they could right. look up in the sky and they knew everything about the fact that like the sun will die <laughs> when it's below mm-hmm. the cross, the Zodiac cross for three days and then rise again, you know, and be mm-hmm. reborn, the sun will be reborn. And so when a Christian comes and says like, yes, true, <laughs> that really happened, but, you know, it, like actually helped convert these pagans in Europe. Cause they were like, Oh, like we've heard the story before we even knew that the story was real. So like some people can, you know, and I'm not really explaining this well, but, like, I think you're kind of getting the gist and people can kind of get the gist. But, like, people will point to that and say, like, this is proof that Jesus was fake and he's based on the, the stars and the, and the sun. And it's like, well, no, Jesus is real. And the stars and the sun are just pointing to the fact that Jesus they is very real. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. there's your confirmation in the sky, you know, planned out, yeah. both, you know, as probably the beginning of creation, you know, like the sky clock. Has just been there since adam and eve most likely you know so it's like the story has been told and written before us and the proof is right there in the sky and some people want to point and say look at how fake it is and it's like no look at how real it is (laughs) Mm -hmm. look at how unbelievably real it is like
1: yeah it's woven into everything man it really is and that's You know, I don't believe it's an allegory or anything. I, I literally believe Yeshua was a real, I mean, there's, there's way more evidence to him being a real man that he died and was resurrected all that than there is that Corona was ever anything more than a yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah,
0: definitely. Like, without a doubt, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, like like I was saying, like, you just get it. It's like, when you encounter Christ, like, it's just the truth. There's no, I mean, you can make whatever argument you want, and like, I just don't care because I truly have experienced Christ. Like, he's right. touched my heart and my soul, and you can make whatever little argument you want that sounds so convincing and great to you or to all your little buddies. At the end of the day, like, I just, I've scratched at the truth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I've tasted the truth. Like, there's, you can't tell me that like, that truth doesn't exist. You know, yeah. And you know it. Yeah. And many people watching or listening to this know it. Like, so many out there. Like, it's just like once you touch that spiritual truth, that undeniable reality, it's just over. And you might not mm. understand it. Like, what I'm like, I'm struggling to put words to it right now. You know, like people no, might not dude, be able to like formulate well. arguments and explain it well. But like, when you know, you know. And when you seek the truth, like you will know that in time, you will find that in time.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> and get it, thing, get it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the thing that I say with all of this, man, and my whole process—if anything, I want people to take away—is that it, you can have all the information, you can know all the Bible verses or whatever, but until it sinks down into your heart and becomes reality, until the Word becomes flesh in your life, it won't change you but you if you just embrace it as like is the living word and and it's like you know that that you know that you know as paul said or that you know that you um that you shall know the truth and it'll set you free that to know means to experientialism for you to experience it and like this one thing it's like a weight of nugget like really strong rhetoric of that a man with an experience will always defeat a man with an opinion so you know we've encountered god we've experienced it on a tangible level to where like and that's something different that people in my life or whatever they've had opinions or they're like oh you know you just got indoctrinated enough I'm telling you, dude, I picked the gospel apart every which way you can from even an objective standpoint to be like, okay, it's not reality. And nothing that could, there's nothing that could convince me that God isn't real. Like I'm fully convinced, and not because I read it enough times that I like it, it became (laughs) tangible, man. Not
0: because it's convenient or profitable. It's like, in fact, it's the opposite. <laughs> the opposite, exactly.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: It comes at a high cost, but it's worth it. Absolutely, it's it's worth yeah, it. On, um, I mean, a thousandfold, man. Like, there's nothing else. There's nothing else that makes me feel fulfilled. There's nothing else that I feel satisfied. And there's nothing else that alleviates my concerns or my doubts or anything. It's only in Christ, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, I have one final question. But before we get to that, do you have like any uh, like, plugs or shout-outs wanna mean, shout outs you want to give? I mean, people know where they can find to... uh, Hanging with Bears and stuff like that?
1: yeah i mean it's on instagram we're working on getting everything situated for bit shoot um it's on youtube and there's a telegram audio and stuff and like i appreciate everybody that, that does that shout out to everybody that's a part of the team and everything papa j copper you know stunt thinks Titty, calista everybody i mean MJ for uploading and being faithful with all that, man, doing that without even being asked. Like, dude, if he hadn't done that, like that, that was a game changer and just everything else. Like, it's so much like, I'm not hanging with the bears. No other host is hanging with the bears. All of us collectively is hanging with the bears. Like, yeah, i facilitated and created an atmosphere and an opportunity for it. But, you know, like God wanted us to develop bigger communities. So, you know, it would have happened one way or another, regardless, you know, and I'm honored and I really feel blessed that, that God did the way it did and things have worked out and stuff. But, you know, it wasn't because I'm so brilliant and I, you know, like God, it just, he was like, all right, I'm going to entrust you with this and just be faithful with it. And, um, you know, and even when I took a break and stuff, like I wanted to make sure that it was stabilized and everything before I took a break. And actually I waited, to do that until I felt like it was a good place because I didn't want to jeopardize or lose what we had with it. You know, even if I was going through turmoil or anything like that, you know, I really do value this community so much and I'm very grateful for Owen and everybody else that is a part of it and who's added value to my life or made me laugh or any of that stuff. and you know for everything that we've all been through the last two years and all that and no matter who you are how tough you are any of that stuff the last two years has been hell nobody's came out of it unscathed and you know but I do believe that we're entering a season in a time where there's going to be refreshing and it's going to be a really beautiful season of joy and laughter and peace and hope and you know we've we just got to keep pushing forward and continue to focus on the things that matter, and don't let the enemy distract us with nonsense. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. It's um, amazing. Yeah, amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: <laughs> right on. Well, my final question is: Did you have a fun time tonight?
1: Yeah, man, I like I've really enjoyed this and honest like I'm I don't you know with a lot of this stuff even with like hosting the one night and stuff I'm I don't know man I'm still working through stuff and, I, and I'm trying to be obedient and everything and what like absolutely dude I really appreciate you and um, uh, offering for me to do it and invite me and, and all that I one, I really appreciate you all the stuff you do your streams, just the insights in general. I've always got a really great vibe from you and just felt like you were a really solid, just authentic dude. You know, even before we ever like streamed together, or any of that, where it was just kind of in passing, we would talk and, you know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good read on people and stuff. So, you know, whatever, that's obviously me quote, uh, co-signing myself, but like, <laughs> just saying, you're a solid dude. Man. I really appreciate the stuff you add to the community and, and just everything with all that so yeah man any way I can support you or anything like that you know I'm always here to do it I'd love for you to do another hang with the bears soon and stuff and just yeah it's i'm just grateful that we have so many really solid people in the community now man and even owen saying that the other day reflecting on the nonsense that happened with a lot of the goobers that that you know spiraled and stuff like you know there there may be some kinks to work out in the future or whatever who knows what's to come but man we are surrounded by so many awesome people in this community yeah and none of us are perfect and none of us have it all together but we are Building and growing, and we really have a strong fellowship right now, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs>
2: <I need laughs> a better
0: word like that. No, <laughs> it really, burning, really is. Yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad that God brought us together. You know, and it's like it has to
1: be for a reason, and it's going to be for a great reason for sure yeah for sure man does anybody have any questions Is anybody still in the chat or any of that i can't see any of it
0: yeah we got some people but um no real like questions questions but
1: we're just like it's cool
0: bedrosian joe gagan slap weasel jerusha demon hunter set of a all the dudes are in the chat thank you guys for showing right. up
1: yeah. the comments
0: all the stuff andrew J was in here earlier um coffee grounds bear to bowler bear stopped by and just gave us a based <laughs> he, he just dropped in a quick base and then dipped out so shout out bowler great. bear <laughs> thanks for that uh, my girlfriend was in the chat amish bear is in the chat yeah thanks everyone cool,
1: man. yeah thank you awesome. for coming on
0: this was amazing yeah
1: man for sure oh sweet um yeah i don't know i don't I got I'm just doing the one night a week and just just keeping my nose to the grind right now, man. Yeah. Like whatever's gonna come, whatever's next. I'm with it, dude.
0: <laughs> Love that.
1: That's the way you gotta be,
0: for sure. You are watching or listening to the Jonathan Corey live stream. Be sure to follow and subscribe to my channel wherever you are streaming this and on any of the other sites that you happen to use as well. And be sure to leave some comments or reviews. It would really help me out. You can find my streams on YouTube, Twitch, DLive, Odyssey.com, VK.com, TV.gab, BitChute, Rumble, and on all of the podcast apps. You can read my blogs at shonathancorey.blogspot.com. My main links are at linktree slash shonathancorey. And you can find the rest of my links, my older secret content, and my guest appearances on other podcasts or streams at shonathancorey.com.